0: Hello and welcome to the On The Nod, Pause in association with Batagold.com. Make sure you check out Goal for all the best football, horse racing, golf tips and many more, as well as all the fantastic bookmakers offers that are available. I'm your host, Will Rooney. I'm joined by Henry Gibbs, Anthony Hello. Kelly and a very, very special guest in our second edition. I'm delighted to say that we are joined by ITV Racers, Alice Plunkett. Alice, thanks very much for coming on to the show.
1: Well, thanks for having me, lads. I'm, t- I'm very... Um touch that you've asked me so yeah thanks for
0: having me on it'll be nice to have a, someone who uh, knows a little bit about racing on the show seven and amateurs <laughs> 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 their first show sounded
1: brilliant don't do yourself down it's brilliant <laughs> what you're doing it's fantastic
0: thanks very much um, last week was our first show and we asked Anthony and, and Henry who their favourite horse was of, of all time I have a past or present so Alice past or present who's your favourite horse and trainer
1: so uh I couldn't you asked me this before and I've been scratching my head and I think everybody knows who's watched Channel 4 and ITV over the years that Q Card was a big big um favorite of mine. Uh he it's a funny story actually I was I was out hunting down here in Dorset and um Colin Tizzard was out and it was just before I was had a Cheltenham preview night coming up and I said oh Colin I'm struggling with you know with a good bet for the festival and he said oh i've got this young horse called Q card it's won a bumper at Well, it's not like i've never had a good bumper horse it'll be a massive price but you know you would you could you could do worse than to shove that in so i shoved it in i tipped it up at this thing of course he won the bumper at 50 to 1 and everyone thought i was an absolute fripping genius and um and he went on and of course then he he owed me nothing and i followed him blind for the rest of his career and you couldn't have a better horse to follow blind um with, with everything he achieved. So I loved cue card from the start. Um, one man, uh, w- I was a huge fan of one Man. It was, came along very early in my career and um, it had been so tough watching him be beaten in gold caps. And then they dropped him back to the champion chase trip of two miles and he stormed home. And that was that was really brilliant. And then the great Corto star, you know, I, I, I was a huge fan of his Um I loved the way Ruby rode him. I loved the way Paul trained him. I loved the fact that he was fallible. You know, we had days when, you know, he he wasn't perfect, and then the days when he was, he was he was just mega, wasn't he? So, yeah, those would be my sort of three three picks out of jump racing's history. But wasn't Frodon blinking amazing on the on the weekend? If if ever you wanted to see that jumping was back, then uh, watching Frodon make all under Bryony, uh, around Cheltenham like that was just incredible, giving two stone away to everything else. And if ever you want to feel sad about the fact that there's no crowds at Corona, because of Corona, that was it. You know, I, I was standing there in the winner's enclosure, screaming my head off when he came into the winner's, and, and there was deathly silence, obviously. And the place would have been blown, the roof would have been blown off if if it had been a normal meeting.
0: Alice, you touched on cue card there. I mean, did you did you think it would be able to bounce back the way it did? Because so it has a, a little bit of it's career when you just force is it ever gonna be able to hit the heights and lo and behold it you know got back to its very best in the end.
1: Don't you think that's why we love it? Because because we you know we, we wa- I mean we watched that horse for seven seasons. You know, we lived his ups and we lived his downs and that makes their comebacks it's like when Sprinter Sacra came back and won that champion chase. None of us believed he could do that, did we? None of us believed he'd come back and win that slur chase. It, and and these old jumpers, when they, you know, when they have a bit of an injury or, or like with Q Card, he, st- he started displacing his soft palate, and you know, and then he got a bit of a niggle, and so he didn't run. And then and and then the trainers do such a great job to get them back, and then the horses have such big hearts that they they push through and 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 go and win again, and and that's why we love it. So I always believed in Q Card because he never really lost his way. He missed a couple of targets, but he didn't do much much worse than that they love to they love to um crib him on on channel four and i used to get loads of stick for being a right old sap and it's really soft <laughs> but um yeah I, I mean i think them having a few lows makes us really enjoy the highs even more
0: and obviously alice we've seen you on the screen for many years now you've been part of the channel four team and the itv team as for yourself who's worked on both what are the differences between working on Channel Four to ITV between the morning line, the Oakland show for you?
1: Well, um, I started on Channel 4 with Lord Oakesy, uh, John McCrurick, John Frankham, you know, like, like like growing up, they were like the gods. I mean, I used to sit and watch racing and, and those guys were on. And when I actually made it onto a team with them, I couldn't believe it. I just, could, I just couldn't believe I was sitting next to these guys and they were talking racing to me. Mm. And they were incredible uh, gents because there was nothing they didn't know. And I um, could say to them, you know, has a has got four legs or five? And they go, that's a really good question. Now we'll sit down and chat about it on Saturday and, and you know, we'll flag up, flag up the answer. Towards the end of Channel 4's um, racing coverage, it was, it changed. Uh, the last three years wasn't, wasn't the same. And it became perhaps a little bit too industry. Um, I think we maybe lost our way a little bit with, with um, what we we're trying to, what we were trying to achieve and perhaps came a bit too like uh, the rate, the dedicated racing channels. Mm. And um, I was, to be honest, I was very surprised to get the call up to, to join the ITV team. And, and I felt, I feel hugely lucky to have had that opportunity to work with them because what's amazing about working for ITV now is that with channel four, I worked for a production company who produced the program for the channel But with ITV, I work for ITV Sport. So we've got guys in our production team who are doing the Rugby World Cup, the Football World Cup, uh, the Six Nations, and then they come across to the rugby. And they are so talented because we've got such a big... Um, sports um, portfolio on on itv that you attract the best of sports tv so as a result we've won a BAFTA for our racing we've won a BAFTA for our rugby and it's you know it's so incredible being involved in a team like that that's that's so dynamic and looking at it from all different angles and also looking at the stories because to be honest if I knew what was going to win a horse race I'd be in Barbados as a millionaire I wouldn't be standing in a in the pissing rain in the cold um talking about it so um for me it's about the people the stories the sport and yes if you can find a winner that's fantastic isn't it but but we don't we don't tune in week in week out only about the winners we tune in because because of the sport and um itv are very good at bringing out the stories they focus very heavily on the stable lasses and the stable lads um and the owners who are so important to the sport and the horses and then the charities around them whether it's what happens to the horses after their career so um i've loved that that part of it and um i feel we've sort of got back to to mainstream telly and bringing bringing the sport to mainstream telly not being too industry and and too sort of navel gazing
0: yeah i mean ratings about a shot in the arm up not he? that why? because Viewers can resonate a little bit more rather than pigeonholing it to the hardcore racing fans.
1: Yeah, what do you think? I mean, you guys are hardcore racing fans. You know your sport really well. Do you find ITV too fluffy, or can you can you can you get what we're trying to do?
2: No, I get what you're trying to do completely. honestly obviously, obviously trying to bring you know a, a newer audience to racing, which can only be a good thing, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Obviously. I used to enjoy the morning line with, you know, Jeff Banks, Big Mac you know, it used to be great. But yeah. It was real serious. It was it was for real punters, you know. I think with, you know, the opening show, bringing in the this, this social stable, for example, I think that's a good idea to, to interact with the younger generation as well. So, no, I'm fully on board with the opening show myself.
1: Yeah. I mean, we, we love ideas. So, you know, we, we're happy to, you know, if, if, if the industry have got ideas where they think, listen, this is how we can promote it. As you said, spot on, you know, we're the shop window for the sport. If you want that, that sort of intricate analysis, then you've got at the races and, and the racing channel or what was it called now? Racing TV. Um, So, so you've got that available to you but what we are trying to do i mean we had 750 odd thousand people watching on the weekend on on itv4 well that's you know that's incredible uh and we are on itv1 coming up in the next couple of weeks and you know we we could well and should top a million heading into to one and a half million. Well, that's, you know, that's amazing for our sport um, yeah. and with no disrespect to the competitors, but there's just no way they're providing that sort of platform um, for the sport that ITV can provide. So to have 750,000 on ITV4 is is, is amazing. Um, and we've just got to make sure that we, we make it broad enough and accessible and pull, it, pull out the stuff that, that interests a wide audience
3: one thing i love about itv is the way they build build up a race i don't think you get that on some of your main racing platforms like you're at the races you're racing uk even with no fans there i feel like the way just even the racing on saturday they're going around the parade ring going to each each presenter for their selections I, I think itv have got it spot on to be honest and i don't think there's much they need to change i think they just need to mm-hmm. keep doing what they're doing and. And like you said, they speak for themselves.
1: I worry sometimes that the, the role they've got me in is, is too fluffy because you know I used to front the show with Alistair Down uh with Channel Four, and I loved that role. And I really enjoy what I'm doing now, but they don't want me to walk around the paddock talking about form about these horses because we got Fitzy and Luke and Ed or or, or Ollie to talk about that so there's no point in me doing the form when I'm talking about these horses because I'm just repeating what the boys are going to say later so it's up to me to find out those different things and whether it's why the horse is called what it is or the story behind the lad leading up or you know those funny different things and sometimes I come away and go oh god what a load of tosh I've just (laughs) blubbed on about oh my god but at least it's a diff something different for the viewer than what's going to be said in the next five minutes in the build-up mm. to the race There's, you know otherwise i could just spear out what the racing post says but that's that's no you know the boys the boys will do that so you know i think like you said we're giving a build-up that's that will hopefully then when you watch the race you go oh god isn't isn't that the horse that was led up by the lad that's also a butcher? That's a bit weird, isn't it? How funny was he, you know, or whatever it is, you know, those things that just trigger a bit of interest in your mind.
0: Definitely, you mentioned the ratings at Shelton. What, seven hundred and forty your thousand? I mean, you're probably thirty thousand more, than you hope so because obviously there's no one on track still for you, Alice. What's it like being on track? We obviously can't go to, to the race, and what's it like being there and not being able to see everyone's faces when a winner comes in or there's a big story like Frodo on who we'll, we'll get onto in a moment. What What is it like being one of the few people who are allowed on a course at the minute?
1: Very emotional, actually. Um, Alistair Dan wrote a brilliant piece on Saturday in the Racing Post about about it. I, I was talking about it felt like the skeleton of Cheltenham, really, and the flesh had gone, but the beating heart of the sport was there. You know, what was going on on the track? is what is what matters but um it's it's very weird and you know what as well is that i've i've had this setup of just doing the jump racing and not the flat for a few years Mm. but this year coming back on telly on friday oh my god i don't know what your lockdown was like boys but i i had four kids homeschooling i ate my body weight in brownies which i baked alongside my kids I was so fat by the time I got on the telly on Friday and I was it was you know I've never had anxiety or worried about going on telly because for me it's all about the sport and I've never really worried about but it was really weird coming out of lockdown and going and and going to do my job was that was the hardest days racing I've ever done and it wasn't because of the racing it was just because personally I don't know how it's affected you but blimey I was not my I was really I felt really raw and really exposed and having di- literally hardly left my house or Dorset to suddenly get on telly and have to talk and be upside that such a professional team It was yeah. very very tough I found it very very um very very as, that was as hard a day as I've ever done but it was more on a personal level really and then Saturday it was just sort of sad that that there wasn't the crowd to enjoy it, but I felt very privileged to be there watching him come in because, god, it was some performance, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, well, I think you were the only one who critiqued your performance on the TV because I don't think anyone else picked up on it. And you were obviously there, I was for Frode. On we'll move on to, to the showcase meeting the two days there. Frode on for you, emphatic winner, and Carrion's Hot Ways, as you touched upon, a great story, as we know. Previous Ryanair winner, and now he's a contender for the Gold Cup. What, what do you think for, about on First and foremost about the performance, and then can he really mix his weight at the top level in the Gold Cup?
1: Well, that was he was running off what one five six, wasn't he, or was he even highest? One six? What was he off on? I can't even remember what he was off, but it was it was high one fifties, hmm. and he was giving two stone to to everybody else, uh, and. He jumped. I mean, didn't he jump? What was exciting was he really stayed. It was 3 1 on Saturday. um, And he really stayed and he really jumped. And when the screw, when he started to, you know, put the screw on everybody else, it was his jumping that just kept on coming. I mean, the way he jumped the last, he had more in the tank, didn't he? And Mm. we'd always wondered whether he really stayed there uh, and whether the Ryanair was really a, a, a better trip for him but there's no doubt looking at him and um, as he's as he's aged you know he's still only what seven or something ridiculous he's, he's not he's so young been around and, so
0: long hasn't he because he's come through as a, as a uh, juvenile handler.
1: yes so we feel like we know him don't we because he's been mm. around so much but that was his sixth win at, at Cheltenham so I always think with their form around the track he's so important when you look at a horse like Surname, for example, we will never see him in a Gold Cup again now because we know he just doesn't operate around that track. But Frodon really does operate around that track. So, you know, I think he's at this early stage, if he can stay sound, oh, God, you could do a lot worse, couldn't you? And and it's, I mean, that was a career best performance by him. Paul Nicholls said there is no doubt that is a career best performance by him. And that puts him right in the mix for the Gold Cup. And it literally, as Bryony got off him, Paul, I was standing next to him and Paul just turned to him and went, You've just given yourself a spin in the gold cup. And like straight off. That was the first thing he said before she said anything. He just went, You've given yourself the chance of a spin in the gold cup. That was unbelievable. Oh. So no one Paul Nichols, if anyone knows, if anyone knows how to win a gold cup or what's good enough to win a gold cup, it's Paul Nichols, isn't it? And he certainly thought it was a gold cup performance.
0: Only one six four. he was off as well, so you're underestimating there as well.
1: Yes, oh, one six four 4 <laughs> exactly, sorry.
0: twenty twenty five 25 six. to 1, throws on for the Gold Cup the minute around about there. Album Photo the the favourite, the two-time winner. He's there to be shots at them. We've got Santini, Nellin, Old Champ, lost in the translation, top of the game. It's going to be another superb Gold Cup, isn't it? Antu, would you be looking at around this time for the Gold Cup? Um, I'd be looking,
2: it's the obvious one, Albuym Photo for me. Um, obviously, he's won the Gold Cup twice before. Um, the only issue Album Foso seems to have at Cheltenham is every time it runs there, it hits the first fence in the back street. So, you know, if it overcomes that, again, I can't see anything else winning it, to be fair. Um, just on Alice's point, and obviously with Paul Nichols saying, you know, Brian, he's got a spin in the Gold Cup there. 100% agree with that. I'm just wondering what Alice thinks if would, would Foso get it all its own way in front in a Gold Cup in in March next year, I don't think it necessarily would. You could have to like some native river coming back, serving it up from the front. You could, in. couldn't
1: you? But we thought that about um, Mark Bradstock's horse and Coney Gree and, yeah. you know, he had it. I mean, he, you, you, the thing about Frodo is I don't think he necessarily needs to be in front. He's clearly chirpier if he is, but he yeah. doesn't need to be um i would say would he would he want to take on native river up size and front native river's got to come back again Mm -hmm. um you know he's he's had an he's had an injury um he's had a leg to come back from a leg to win another gold cup it's a tough ask isn't it yeah um but i mean you wouldn't put anything past native river if anyone can do it he can but um i I, look all we can say is listen we're in October it's mental to be even thinking we know we probably won't see it well we might see album photo once if we're lucky before the, yeah. before the gold cup so we won't be able to gauge he's only being trained for one race so we might see him pop up somewhere but but yeah. really won't won't worry too much about that so yeah. Yeah. um i mean santini we i'm surprised he's running him at haydock in the betfair chase and Champ, neither of those two horses will be suited by Haydock. So we won't really be any clearer about their, them. I mean, we know Santini's just an out-and-out grinder, really, isn't he? He he doesn't do anything quickly. Um, I'd rather have a Frodon myself than a Santini, which is a bit ridiculous when you're talking about a horse that's already been placed in a Gold Cup and uh, and an RSA. But... um, it, it's isn't it isn't it great that we've got this to chat about again? That's what I say.
2: Yeah, just on album photo. I think it's the the plans being mapped out for that. It's going through some more on path. the other day and then straight to the festival. Yet, yeah. so it's going to be
1: same. It's the same path, isn't it? Yeah. it? You know, Willie Willie doesn't run him too much. He gets him there fresh. He knows he knows what he has to do. Um, and he knows what works and, it, and he'll just he'll do the same and he's the maestro at, at it at preparing them for that one day isn't he
0: indeed he is Henry we are about six months away but who do you like for the Gold Cup at this early stage I mean for me presenting Percy going off to Gordon Elliott yard 25 to 1 he was coming travelling before he fell in the uh, Gold Cup last year what do you reckon about that one
3: to be honest Will presenting Percy yeah, it wouldn't be for me in the Gold Cup but I think it's have a great chance in a Grand National to be honest uh, Elliot has mentioned that as well uh, in a stable tour, so that is one to keep an eye on. In terms of the Gold Cup, I do, to be honest, I think we've already seen the winner, and I don't think it is Throdon. I I like Manila Dinzu in this. Um, like like we said, it's hard to be so confident so far so far away, but I think it was the best horse in the RSA this year. Um, the front two were miles clear. I think they got racing far too far too from the winning post to be honest, and. Champ just come. Minala Endu whacked the last. And I think another year on its back. I can see that going very close. Another one, top of the game. I can't wait to see that back. Um Labbrook's trophy. I think that's where we'll see that. And I'm excited. Big beauty of a horse. That that that's gonna excite a lot of us, I think, this season. Good stuff.
0: And anything else catch eye like at it? Cheltenham Alice over the two days. Obviously, Rougevick was a very impressive winner in another handicap.
1: Rouge Vif was was Rouge Vif was absolutely awesome, and um, uh, I I really I was so impressed by um, by him. I tell you again, it was his jumping that was so brilliant. Um, I I loved the way he jumped. I loved um, the way he was. I'm just having a look because there was another horse that I loved that I wanted to take. you. Yeah, Ruseveef I loved, and Galvin was bloody impressive. Galvin, yeah. we won't see that horse again now till the National Hunt Chase um Gordon uh, Gordon's representatives on the day said um, you know this is the, this is the sort of ground he likes we won't slog him out through the winter um, it was a very nice performance by him um, Robbie Power absolutely at his best they're, they're going to rub him give him a break now and they are going to train him um, for March and you know don't forget him pop him in your notebook for the festival because uh, that to be looking at the national hunt chase so far out what was important for them, on Friday was to get him qualified for the National Hunt Chase, which they did. And now they can put him away and just train him for that. And I think that um that's a long term plan by Gordon Elliott. And when he's got a long term plan like that, he's pretty he's pretty um you know he's pretty dangerous. So um yeah Rouge Vif, Galvin and and obviously Frodon with the with the three biggies from the showcase meeting.
0: Excellent stuff. And know oh, you like Galvin at Gallup and jump and was staying on to line. Yeah, I mean it, it it done everything
2: it needed to, didn't it, on Friday at Cheltenham. Um, beat a few decent sorts as well. I don't think Mossy Fenn's gonna be a slouch over fences this season and think about it. Soldier of Love and Clonzo Caitlin, they were coming on the back coming off the back of four timers there. So I think it was a good performance. And like I say, um, it is I think it's about twenty to one for the RSA, but like Alice says, I should imagine it will go for that national and chase now and um, over now over three miles, six feet long, yeah. So yeah, that was definitely my one to take out from um, the ITV racing
3: um, last week, yeah. All righty,
0: Going, Henry, finally for you, who did you like over the two days?
3: Yeah, well, apart from the obvious ones, there's two I, I put in my tracker. One was Lock's Corner, John Joe Neil horse. It ran in the Potemps qualifier. It pulled yes. well out of the rest behind Honest with First time over three miles that day. He seemed to relish it, to be honest. I think that could well win a similar race later on in the season. Um, second one, My Drogo. It's a horse of Harry Skelton's. It was a newcomer. It ran on the final race on the Saturday. It drifted out to fifty to one, so I'm sure Connections expected it to improve for the run. If in a second that day, travel like the best horse in the race, and there's a few former winners in behind. I think that that horse will improve again this season.
0: Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. You listen to the on the Nod Podcast in association with That's a Goal.com. We'll move on to the weekend now. It's Weatherby's Tuesday meeting. The Charlie Hall chase is the main feature. Another one that might give us some indications towards the Gold Cup, although it's unlikely that Sir Name's going to be there. It looks like he's going to ask Scott's indications and other doubts as well. Alice, early look at the race. Who will be catching your eye in the Charlie Hall?
1: Um... Well, it's interesting about surname heading to Ascot. Sam Spinner's in there, obviously, um, as well. He's he's um, an out-and-out out stayer and he's been backed um, at this stage. Bally Optic, Nigel, has an unbelievable record in the Charlie Hall. Um, so you never want to overlook one of his. Um, you were saying there was some news about vindication, were you? No?
3: Henry? Was- uh, <laughs> I think vind- vindication. I think that Oman and Aaron as well in terms of where to go. It's in the betting for both. The big race at Ascot and the Charlie All. Personally, mm. I'd love to see it in this Charlie All. Mm. Um, I think it's going to be aimed at all the big group ones this season. So why not start here? I know this is a group two, but it's a great stepping stone for the likes of the King George and and obviously the Gold Cup.
1: I think I think that um, I don't understand why definitely Red is such a big price. I'm a huge fan of the horse, and um, he's um, he's a former winner. He finished last season on a high. Uh, Brian Ellison's horses have been good form on the flat, and um he's six to one at the moment, um definitely red. And and he's a big prize. But um, you know, Slate House is 12s, and he's a he's a grade one winner um at Newbury, you know, last year uh for the Tizard team. The Tizards have yet to really hit form. Um they they're knocking on the door, but their horses, and it's really interesting with the, the Tizards. They are either all guns blazing, all quiet, it seems. And um, there never seems to be a halfway house with them. Um, and at the moment, it is a bit quiet. Black Corton's in there, and interestingly, no jockey booking yet on Black Corton I'm imagining that Bryony will be on him. But when I spoke to Paul Nichols on the opening show on Saturday about sort of, you know, the Holly Doyle effect this summer and how much support was Bryony going to get from him, he was just hedging his bets a little bit, and... Um, you know, he was saying, oh, yeah, you know, she'll do all right and she rides well and she'll ride some for us. But he's definitely focusing more, I felt, on Harry Cobden being champion jockey and putting all his efforts behind that. He admitted on the opening show that he'd backed Harry Cobden at 33-1 to 1 to be champion jockey earlier <laughs> in the summer. And um, if that's the case and Paul puts his mind to it, um, a lot of rides will be going Harry's way that possibly might have been shared out um, last season between Bryony and, and Harry but um, Paul very much pushing and and there's no doubt I think it's an interesting one the, 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 cha- the champion jockey market it's the most open champion jockey market we've had for 25 years if you think we've had 20 um, 20 McCoys 4 um, Dickie Johnsons and then we've had one for the North and now we've got 5 or 6 jockeys within 5 winners of each other um, there is a there's a real chance, I think, yeah. this year for for another new jockey. And that market, that champion jockey market is a really interesting one to keep watching.
0: Absolutely. And it's also the best three six five best three six five hurdle on the card. Listen to Gar Oster, the stay the staying hurdle winner at the Cheltenham Festival last year, is down to run. So is Time Hill who's an unlucky runner in the Albert Bartlett. Next sensation, having his face run for Paul Nicholls after coming over from Willie Mullins. And what do you reckon about the staying staying headless division? Obviously, this in the Oscar was a massive fifty to one winner at Cheltenham in, in March. It, does that set the bar again, or is it there to be shot at? I, think yeah,
1: I, I love Time Hill. I love Time Hill. He is absolutely gorgeous. You could say that Hobbsy's team again. You know, they're only tra- they're only running at about five percent at the moment. But actually, if you look through, he's had some big price placed horses in the last couple of weeks, sort of fourteen to one seconds. They're, they're not far off, and um, this is one of the stable stars, and um, I'm a big fan. The other horse in there, which is interesting to see that they've started him here over hurdles, is Copperhead. Mm. Um, and I don't know why. Whether he they feel, having schooled him, that he lost his confidence after that fall last season, I don't know. But um, he would be one of my novice chasers to follow, and it's interesting that I've seen him popping up here. I think people feel that this division is so wide open that they would tip their hat in, and on that, actually, um, Henry Daly was very much saying that he may well go down this route um, with his winner. And I'm, I'm I'm having a complete blank. His winner on Saturday, which was Obviously. yes, exactly. And that although the plan had been to go novice chasing with him, because this staying hurdle route is so wide open, um, and that horse ran to a mark of about one five six. He thinks that may put him in the mix for this. Staying hurdle category, but um, it depends. I mean, Becky Curtis. Do you think that was a fluke for Becky Curtis's horse last year?
0: And what do you think? Fifty to one win, and it's sixteen to one at the moment. What do you think, Anthony? Do you do you think it was a bit of a fluke?
2: I do. I think there's more questions than answers at the minute with the staying hurdle division. Um, you know, was it a fluke indeed? That's one of the questions. And you know, will Paisley Park bounce back from its poor performance last year in the stayers hurdle? It's by far the most wide, <laughs> wide open division for me. Um, the
1: Paisley Park, his heart fibrillated, didn't it, uh, yeah. in the stayer's hurdle. And, I mean, if we look at the likes of Denman, for example, who have had a similar issue with the heart fibrillation, they can come back from that. Um, it's not like a, a leg injury or a, um, yeah. the heart fibrillation is is something they can come back from. But you're right, it, this sector all revolves around whether Paisley Park comes back.
0: Yeah. Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. And on Friday, there's also the chase debut of the very exciting Ballymore winner, Envoy Allen. I mean, Alice, Envoy Allen, the proverbial type who anything he did over hurdles was just a bonus. He's a big sculpy horse, isn't he? He's always been a chaser in the making.
1: He is so beautiful. I mean, he's so beautiful. It's ridiculous. Um, I think, um, you know anything bar a win was a disappointment, would be a disappointment. And it was interesting because I was standing with Gordon Elliott when, when he was running at Cheltenham and Gordon, you know, he very much lives on his nerves. He always at Cheltenham walks down the chute and out across the course and stands and watches with his mates in the middle of the track. Um, and the sense of relief when this horse won and Sam Crow won was absolutely palpable because there's huge hype around this horse. And um, Jamie Cod. One on him, point to pointing, before he went in, and the guy who had trained in point to pointing, was watching with Gordon. Um, they have always known that this is this is the real deal, and like you said, every stage is building towards him being a Gold Cup horse, really, isn't it? I mean, that's that's that, that that's what they're already talking about with him is um, is just is the road to the Gold Cup, and I mean, um, he's he's only a six year old, but he's just. Just the real deal, I mean, in every way he's big, but he's but he's light, he jumps and he's athletic, you know he's brave, but he's not stupid he's he's got it all.
0: Henry, we know that there is a lot of hype around Enboy Allen, but there also is a lot of hype around Sam crew, maybe hasn't lived up to the potential over over large obstacles. Could that be the same with Envoy Allen or is he just going to be... Well,
1: it could be, but I think poor old Crow. I mean, he, he he was pretty good at the festival last year, wasn't he? I mean, mm. I think um, what's been interesting with him has been his breathing. They've had real issues with him with his lungs. They sort of gave up saying he scoped badly after his disappointing runs because they just felt that everyone thought that they were making excuses. Mm. They built him a new stable. Um, Gordon's now got these pens um, and he has a lot of the horses in them. They're like, pens covered in bark and that the horses are in the open air all the time and it's helped Sam Crow so much um, and helped them keep his lungs clean, which has been the biggest problem they felt. Obviously, you know, he fell a couple of, you know, all that sort of stuff, but, um, there's no doubt he's a very good horse. Um, look, every good horse is is there to be shot at. And of course on Voyelle and anything other than a win now is a disappointment. So he's there to be shot at, isn't he? But take nothing away from him. He's a bloody good horse. And, and, um, you know, I hope he keeps on progressing the same way as he has. But he's not going to, you know, he's going to get beat at some point. Poor chap, isn't he?
0: <sighs> Indeed, he's brilliant insight, that, Alice. Henry, I know you're a big fan of Envoy Allen. I mean, at this stage of his career, it's still, as we said, six months away. But Marsh shall I say, where do you think he might end up at this moment in time if anyone wants an anti-post bet?
3: It's really exciting, isn't it? Well, no matter where it goes, I can't wait to to watch it come March. I do think they will go for the Martian chase on the Thursday, the two-and-a-half-mile contest. But if he was mine, I'd love to see him in the RSA. Um, I don't know what Alice thinks, but you, you see it a lot of the time in the media that RSA is not is now not a good trial for the Gold Cup. They, they could leave the race there. Um, we've seen plenty of Gold Cup winners running the RSA. You've got, like, to Denman, even Lorde Windermere running the RSA, Um so it would be interesting to see what Alice thinks about that. Um, I, I personally like seeing it in the RSA.
1: I know what you mean. It, it's funny, isn't it, how things go? And it, it used to be we'd always see horses, but then you get horses like a Tribolgan, for example, that that, that won an RSA and then we didn't see them back. And, and, it's, uh, and then Nicky sort of wasn't so keen and then he had a few nice... Um, he had a few nice novice chases and then he did he, he went went through it again i think it just depends on the horse you know you definitely do not want to go to the well with these young novice chasers at too many times and then expect them to come out and and keep fighting it often you see horses progress up to the gold cup and if you look at them maybe some of them that have perhaps won a Ryanair and then gone on to a gold cup um, that two and a half miles championship pace um, is, is not a bad stepping stone to then the 3-2. But I, I love the RSA as a race and I would never take anything away from it. But if you look at horse like top of the game or, you know, you, you, you want the right horse for it. And I wouldn't necessarily send every horse the rsa en route to the gold cup but i, th- I think you just need to pick your race if I, from santini you'd always run him in the rsa because what would be the point in running him over two and a half but this horse Envoy Alain, allen you could probably run him a bit like Q card over two two and a half three three and a quarter and it wouldn't really matter so you'd probably go two and a half so you'd save the wear and tear and not bottom him out when you don't need to because you can win a grade one over two and a half with santini what that would probably be a waste of time. You you know, you go straight RSA and then gold cut like they did. So I think it depends on the horse, but you mustn't diss the race. I agree. It's a great race. It's a race that's brilliant for, for a certain type of horse, but not every horse.
3: The ground will have a big impact on it in terms of Envoy Allen's target. Yeah.
1: Exactly.
3: It was soft. You can see two and a half, of good grounds. I can I can see them go on the RSA, but it's, just, it's exciting, isn't it? It's brilliant,
1: isn't it? To it's brilliant.
3: The come between. Ben what do you Matt? think
1: about Gordon Elliott being champion trainer this year? Then, uh, do you think that? Do you think this is the year he could do it?
2: I think it's so. I think he's kids. had been a while, hasn't he? I think he's had a, couple, a few, quite a few horses moved, hasn't he? To Paul Nicholls as well, from a few owners. So that that could impact William Mullins, I think, greatly this season. So. And yeah, I think if it's going to be Gordon
3: Elliott's year, it's going to be this year, yeah. I agree. am surprised well, it's, it's so not gorgeous. closer than the betting because Willie Mullins is about one to five again. I think Elliott's around seven to two last time I looked. And
1: well, that's he's certainly the bet. value, isn't he? Yeah. He's the value. I mean, I think it's interesting that, isn't it, with um, uh, your man, I'm having a blank about his name, who's moved his horses to Jeffrey. Mr. Ger-
2: Denmark,
1: Ger- was it? Ger- Ger- And Jared. Um, Ah, the red colours that, that, uh, yeah. Colours. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, um, Noel Feely rode for. Um, yeah, there's, there's, it'll, it, it'll be interesting to see. But Willie's got such a broad support. I mean, it's very interesting. He has not got all his eggs in one basket in, ter- in terms of owners. Um, obviously Rich Ritchie would be one of his big owners but he he's not totally dependent on one person and after jiggingstown took their horses away he he's got a lot more and you, and you really notice it when you look at his the profile of his winners there's a lot of different quite small Irish supporting owners with him with him um, but I think this is the year that Gordon has got has got the chance to to do it 2018 he, he had it snatched literally on the last day from him um and he was very interesting when he talked about that and about how he felt that um you know he would he would enjoy it even the more now you know it had been so hard to get but it, it's got to happen at some point hasn't it surely I mean it's got to happen at some point seven to two seems like a good price to me
0: just, you mentioned Willie Mullins. He has all these small owners. Do you think the COVID could affect that? That maybe owners are going to have to pull out because they're not going to be able to afford it. Maybe and you've got Elliot, with the likes of Jigginstown who, who can afford. I think that could swing things.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, if you look at. I mean, if you look at even um, even some of the big boys are cutting back, aren't they? And um, I mean, Jigginstown, you know, his money's Ryanair. Well, Ryanair cannot be cannot be doing very well at the moment can it with a whatever uh so that's not going to be a bottomless pit i think i think we all none of us know the way the world's going to go do do we but um it's it's frightening times and uh it's interesting to see that the sales held up um certainly the flat yielding sales very much held up but once again it's probably three or four main players um in that market that meant it looks still looks strong um I don't think if I was a pin hooker and I was a and and I was um doing breeze ups that I would have exposed myself too much in buying expensive yearlings for the breeze up sales I think that might show a little bit more where we are um in terms of the industry because that perhaps is the the level where it might get a little bit more hit Um, but yeah, I mean, who knows how it's going to play out. I certainly know I wouldn't have the cash. I've never had the <laughs> cash to have a racehorse, but even less so now. Um, so I think everybody's feeling the pinch, and it's weird times, isn't it? It's very weird times.
0: Yeah, so hopefully a couple of these tips will there, give us the funds for maybe invest, invest into a syndicate or something.
1: We'll <laughs> on the final
0: part of the On The knock Podcast and association with battergold.com We're going to give listeners one novice headlet and one Novice Chaser to follow for the season from each of you. Alice, we'll start with you first. Novice Hurdler and Novice Chaser to get in the notebook.
1: So my Novice Hurdler is much fabulous. Um I I actually had to do something like this for somebody else and I was having a long chat with Paul Nichols, and I said, oh, you know, what, what do you think? And he said, I, I'd watched this horse win the other day and I, and I said to him, how good is it? And he said, I really think this is this is very nice Um and um, so, fabulous for me in the novice hurdlers.
0: And a novice chaser?
1: And the novice chaser's copperhead. Um, I loved what he did last year under John, John O'Neill Jr. Um, he was brilliant at Ascot. Um, he, yes, he fell but at, at the back end, but you, know, you can give him that one. On, in the main, he was a very, very good jumper. Like we've said, it's interesting that he's popped up in a staying hurdle. Um, this weekend at Weatherby, but that just may be a good place to get him started and get his confidence going. But I think he looks like another one from the school of staying chases at, at Tizards. He seems to be very good at training him. He says jokingly that he trains them to be slow, but um, he trains them. He trains these staying chases very, very well. They suit his system. and uh, and, and so I'm excited about him.
0: McFabulous and Copperhead for Alice Plunkett. and we'll move on to you, a novice sailor and a novice chaser for the season to follow. Novice that I'm going to
2: give the gordon elliott trained Queen's Bruch. Um, it's a point-to-point winner that was recommended to gordon Elliott by Jamie Coz. I mean, obviously, he's an expert on the Irish point-to-point scene, so, I mean, there's just, there's no better recommendation you can get there, in my opinion. It ran an absolute cracker in the champion bumper. Finished fair behind Appreciate it and Fernie Hollow. Um, and I think that bumper form will be frank this season, even with the horses in behind, to be honest. Um, it's been out this season. at ran a ferry. I showed a good winning Attitude. Um, it's an open company against the Geldons as well. It's more than holding its own. And Gordon mm-hmm. Elliott has been quoted as saying the horse will, you know, it, it will manage in, in open company and compete. So, um, yeah, it's a really promising prospect for me. Just, um, it is entered on Friday as well at Town Royal. So, Obviously Gordon Elliott's open to get plenty of experience into it um, and a few runs under the spelt before um, its targets later in the season, which will be the Mayor's Novice hurdle. And I'm on anti post for that at twelve to one. I think it's it's the best better of Cheltenham, anti post for me so far by a mile. That's a problem.
0: Um, and to your novice chaser this season? Novice Chaser
2: is if the cap fits. Probably one of the most underrated horses in and for me if the cat fits. It's, it's ran to a very high level over hurdles. It's rated at 166. It's one of our local track in the Rhine in hurdle back in 2019. But there was some useful sorting behind that day, like Apple's Jade, Sam Spinner. Um, it did feature um, about 10 days ago over two mile five of Fosslass. Beat, beat the promising finter on the roof by seven lengths. And to be honest, it never jumped that fluently that day. Um, if the cat fits, um, it did warm to its task later on in the race, but it is a few early on. But the fact it did warm to its task is, you know, it's really promising for me. Um, Targets later in the season, I don't think it's suited for Cheltenham if the cap fits. It's had one run there, ran very poorly in the Cleve hurdle earlier this year. So I suspect it might be targets at the mild, mayor The novices chased there over three miles. So, um, yeah, It's um, if the calf fits for me. And just one other one I want to mention, bright forecast. Now, I've been doing a bit of research and I can't seem to find much on it. It ran well in the Ballymore in 2019. I know it was injured last season. Um, It's got no entries so far this season, but when it is entered, I think um, it's one to look out for.
0: Superb, Cap fitness and people winning on course. We are back there in the spring. Henry, finally over to you. One
3: novice hailer and one novice chaser to follow. Yeah, I'll go for a horse called Freddy Dulen for my novice hailer to follow this season. It's a Gordon Elliott trained gigging stone horse. It was a bumper horse last season. It was unbeaten in its three bumper runs, one of its first two bumpers by a combination of 35 lengths. It then went to Nates in what was a very good bumper race, where it'd be Fire Attack and Statler, um, a horse of Joseph O'Brien's and a horse of Willie Mullins. I think them two are going to do well as well this season, but but for Rick Dillen, it kept on well for pressure that day. It was was very gutsy, showed a willing attitude. It looked beat at one point. I thought it was a good move that that Elliot decided to skip Cheltenham after that hard race, and it's going to step up and trip this season. I like it for the Ballymore. It's another one that's supposed to be making its debut at Down Royal on Friday, so so keep an eye out for that one. And your novice chaser, Henry? Uh, novice chaser is a little bit more of a, an obvious one. It's Chantry House for Nicky Henderson. Um, comes from a point-to-point background, had two point-to-point runs. First one, it, it fell when it was leading, three outs, and, and that was a race that, that was won by Monkfish, as we know, as the Albert Bartlett winner. With Fury Road and Fillit on the roof back in behind, then went on to win a second point to point run, before obviously going to Nickies. It won its bumper by four lengths, beating solid yardstick in Edward Stone of the Allen King team. Then went novice hurdling, won its first two novice hurdles at odds on before finishing a good third in the supreme novice hurdle at Cheltenham. It jumped big on occasions there, and you it, know it's always looked like it'll improve for the fence to me and. I think if, if that was to go in the marsh against Envoy Allen, obviously it's hard to say now, but I'd, I'd really love to see that race if, if they both get there. Presumably they won't meet until then. And I think that'll be one of the more exciting races at Cheltenham next year when we get there.
0: Brilliant stuff, brilliant stuff. And finally, this will bring us to the end of the podcast then. Alice, we are giving you a £10 free charity bet for coming on for the podcast. Thank you very much for doing so. What would you like it on?
1: Oh, my God. But for this weekend...
0: <laughs> Anti-post or this weekend, whatever you want. We're not going to run away with the money. We're, we're, uh, <laughs> I
1: like your... your the- uh, the- I'll, I'll have it with, with your filly in the mares at, at Cheltenham, but I might have to be- wait rather a long time to get my money back,
2: mightn't I?
1: <laughs> <Queen laughs> filly. What was it? What was she called that you were chatting about?
2: Queen's booth.
1: Queen, Queen's booth whack it on her i'll take if i if, if that'll be my takeaway from tonight
2: and <laughs> yeah. um, what what charity would you like it to go to alice if it wins well when it wins i'd like
1: it to go to the eloise and katie memorial trust which is a charity that um i set up in memory of my sisters who both died very young of cancer and oh. we're, we're about youth enablement and we support all sorts of we've just given uh, um some money to the ebony horse trust which is which has been phenomenal in supporting young people in Black communities getting involved in racing, and we can we support all sorts of grassroots charities. So, so let's hope we can put a few quid into that.
0: Which was what a fantastic cause would be. Well, you've been listening to the on the Nod podcast. With myself, Will Rooney, Anthony Kelly, Henry Gibson, our special guest for the evening, who we very much appreciate coming on ITV Racing's Alice Plunkus. Join us next time for the next on the podcast on the Nod podcast. In association with thata.gold.com Cheers, well, cheers, Alice. Cheers, well. Alice, That was. That was.